0: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get
1: started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: You're listening to Wood Talk Online, a podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are your hosts. Mark Spagnolo and Matt Vanderlist. Take it away, boys.
0: Welcome to Wood Talk Online, episode 54 for April 29th, 2009. I'm Mark Spagnolo,
2: And I'm Matt Vanderlist. And right at the top, if you have any comments or questions about something that you hear today, or maybe something you haven't heard in any of the previous episodes, and you want to get a hold of us by either, well, there's two ways you can do it. You can drop us an email at woodtalkonline at gmail.com, or you can pick up the phone and you can leave us a message on our voicemail. Which we have some voicemails today. I think we got a couple. We, we do, occasionally. yeah. Occasionally, yeah. Well, you you can join uh, the ranks of these people that have called in. Maybe you called in already and you want to call back again because you just love calling and harassing us. <laughs> well, you can do that at six two three two four two two four five zero and. You know what? Don't ask if our refrigerator is running because we already know I'm not chasing it.
0: <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> so what's up, man? It's been quite a while. We, the last episode we did was <gasps> – April start. Fool's, right? That's right. That's See, this has been the big April Fool's as we haven't done an episode since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: jo- joke's on us apparently. But uh, yeah, it was the knitting episode was our last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I yep. should have uh, I should have uh, played the old intro, the knitting intro, just to make people think it was actually real, which no one <laughs> you know, would believe. How's those titanium
2: knitters <laughs> doing for you? <laughs> those are
0: fantastic. <laughs> They're aerodynamic, and I'm I'm knitting like a wild man over here.
2: <laughs> well, I'm willing to bet that we probably have had between the two of us quite a bit between uh, that last episode and this time. Uh, why don't you start out with what, what you've been doing because you've been pretty damn busy the way um, I've seen it. Yeah, it's
0: been a busy month. I, I had a couple things going on. First of all, the the Hall Frame uh, article. I had to finish that up and get that uh, written up and out the door. And then I'm, I'm also doing, I don't know if I talked about it last time. I must have. The Better Homes and Gardens Challenge, um, Home Depot-sponsored challenge where I'm making the little barbecue cart. Um, and that actually had a deadline that had to be done like last week. So that... That was keeping me busy for a while, and uh, actually, speaking of that, the voting starts on Friday. Um, so I'm going to put a, a little reminder on the website just to kind of you know prompt people to go over there if uh, if they would be so kind to go over there and check out all the entries, and um, of course you know use your judgment, vote for who you want to. Just make sure it's me when you click the button. uh, (laughs) That's right. Vote
2: early and vote often. You know, we are mantra here.
0: Yeah, it's one of those contests, too. And I guess they got to do it to generate as much traffic as possible. But it's one where you have to go every day and vote every day during the voting period. So it's not exactly a, you know, uh, it's whoever has the most persistent people going there (laughs) to vote every single day. And it's like, I feel weird enough, like asking for people to vote once, let alone saying, hey, uh, you know, it's Tuesday.
2: Did you vote today? Um, so. You got to put together like a little newsletter thing, like an, a constant reminder. Like, hey, just want to <laughs> remind you one more time, you should go in and vote. Have your family vote too. I know they don't even know who I am. Yeah, why not? You know. So well, actually, the
0: prize is five thousand bucks, and um, I'm moving soon, very soon. <laughs> And that, I have anyone who's ever hire
2: some, uh, some movers,
0: yeah, I mean anyone who has ever moved knows how valuable five thousand dollars is during the month that you're moving. So um, <laughs> uh, it would be a very good thing for that to happen. And and by the way, Nicole says y'all better vote for for uh, for me because she'll kill you otherwise.
2: Oh, in that case, I am definitely, I've got three or four computers with different addresses and everything else. Right. And, uh, yeah. But you know, the, the one thing I think is funny about that is you just built another thing that you have to move with you, if you really think about that.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just made more work for myself. Um, you know, hopefully I can give that to, uh, to my parents because the way I cook, I don't, I mean, I, I like to have something near me, but I'm pretty efficient. I don't. You know, in, in Arizona, you don't really leave stuff like that outside. The way I had it set up, there were spices on it, and uh, the little thing of olive oil was out there. It's generally like dusty and dirty outside in Arizona all the time. There's no way I'm going to be prepping meat outside, you know. So it's it's really not for our climate. I don't even know that I'll wind up using it. But maybe I'll uh, find someone who actually needs it and give that to them.
2: <laughs> Is that allspice? No, I think that's actually the need, yes, that's Don't worry about that that's one. That's
0: dirt in a jar. Uh, here, you can have some.
2: So and actually, yeah. here in the Vanillas household, that's a normal uh, cooking <laughs> spice. As I'm trying to put them on the grill, and they always somebody's hamburger always ends up on the ground.
0: <laughs> I was watching that uh, show last night with Andrew Zimmern, the the one where he um, oh, what the heck is it called? Where he eats all the crazy crap on like oh, the, the that, travel like, channel,
2: uh, it, oh, not adventure eating or something. Yeah, I know which one he like scorpion on a stick.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and the, I guess they have a new season started now. I love that show. I love watching that guy eat like intestines and and penises and just the most disgusting stuff you would never even put anywhere near your lips and he's like oh it's good it's you know anyway totally getting off course um you know the only other thing I, i wanted to to mention real quick was did you get in the mail and did anyone i'll show it to the the webcam did anybody get this woodworker's journal dvd in the mail no okay it's just a little dvd it's uh well, I say little, but I haven't actually watched it. It's got 15 chapters, and it's basically just uh, just some of the chapters, introduction to carcass and face frame construction, know your materials, cutting sheet goods, all the way down to shelves, cabinet top, crown molding, and staining and finishing. So it's it's called the Essential Woodworking Techniques. Now, what was interesting about this was I got it in the mail, and I was like, oh, cool, a free DVD. And I it took me like, I don't consider myself a complete dummy. You know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm also not the dumbest. So I'm reading this thing. It took me like 5 minutes to figure out whether I actually had to pay for this, <laughs> whether I was expected to send it back, and whether like if I kept it, would I be charged for it? It was one of those very confusing marketing things where they send it to you, and I was like, "They cannot be expecting me to actually mail this back since I didn't didn't ask for it in the first place." So right. And you start to read it and basically what they're saying is if you like it and you want to basically sign up for a series of these things, you could send in a check and you'll keep this one, but you'll also be then sort of subscribed. Um, If you don't want it, if you would be so kind as to mail it back, that would be great. But if you don't mail it back, that's okay too. Enjoy your free gift. But it it was very confusing. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this thing? Um, So- as far as I'm concerned, I got a new DVD and it's it's gonna be awesome. So <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna send it to all my friends and we're gonna check it out. And <laughs> yeah, someone says it's like Columbia House. It, 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 kinda, it just reminded me of that where you feel like you're obligated. But but I will say, I'm not I don't mean to misrepresent it. You they will not charge you if you keep it. They'll just sort of make you feel a little bit guilty about it.
2: You know, I got something like that a while ago. There's like one of those like guild woodworking clubs or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. some really odd thing. And it was the same thing. I got this DVD and I'm like, I have no interest. I didn't want this. And I I did that. I ended up like I ended up throwing it away because it was really nothing that I I thought would be of any interest to me. It was really just an odd topic. Now that I think about it, it's probably something that was really interesting. But I ended up just throwing it away. And ever since then, that was like three months ago, every single month I get a Hey, did you receive our DVD? Are you interested at all? If you already sent the check in, just ignore this letter. If you have it and you want to send the DVD back, we'd really appreciate that. I'm like, oh crap, (laughs) crude. Yeah, it's
0: you know, I guess they got to do something. It's got to be an incredibly difficult time to be um, a print publication at this time, so they have to do something to, I don't know, spur things on. But there's a, I don't know, I'm not going to get on a soapbox about it, but I think you guys know what I mean.
2: Right. Yeah, definitely. That's like when I, I subscribed to the Time Life Woodworking series at one point, and that's the way that was. It was like, Your next issue is coming up. I'm like, oh, do I really need that one? I yeah. know, maybe I do. <laughs> oh, what the hell? <laughs> that's the way they do it. So hey you know, man, more importantly than all that crap that I did, what what happened with your class? You just had the class, right? Yeah, we just had it this weekend and awesome. uh it, it was it was a lot of fun. I I've never been to the Mark Adams school before, so that was just an experience all its own. And uh I have to I have to tell you, I, I was really impressed. I've got some I've got a little bit of footage from uh, the school itself. Um there were there was just two classes going on. There was the uh Chris Schwartz, Thomas Lee Nielsen uh um hand planing class that I took. And mm-hmm. then there was another one that was a one-day class at the opposite end of the school that was a uh routers, like getting the most out of your router. Okay. Um and so that one sounded pretty interesting too. But I mean the the tool room is just the only way I can describe it, it's almost like if there was like a woodworking hanger, like what you expect to have, like the woodworking airplane. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, there's just tools all, all over the place. These big cabinet saws. They've got a couple of saw stops. Uh, they've got, you know, miter saws over here, a wall of veneer, a wall of plywood, and then a wall of solid material. Wow. Um, you know, all that good stuff. So it was it was really, really neat. Uh, Mark, of course, Mark Adams was there and a uh, really neat guy. A lot shorter than I expected him to be. I was kind of shocked by that. But anyways. Really? Uh, yeah. I, of course, I think a lot of people were shocked at how short i was i have a great picture with some of my friends that went with me and then thomas and uh uh, chris and of course being the short fat guy they always put me right in front and (laughs) the closest to me is like another like six inches above my head so i could have stood in front of anybody and nobody would have (laughs) noticed
0: well chris is pretty tall you don't want to take a picture next to him he's a pretty tall guy
2: Yeah, and even when he slouches, it's still like one of those, don't even bother. (laughs) (laughs) You're still way over the top of me, so don't worry about it. Did you you have a
0: chance to actually talk with Mark?
2: um, I I talked with him just for a second, just, hey, Mark, do you mind if I take some photos? Because he was actually running around like a madman. And from what I understand, he's pretty much that way all the time because he's so... Making sure that whatever class is going on has absolutely everything that you're going to need. Yeah, you know, so he, I mean, he's he's an excellent host in that sense that he's he's on top of everything. It's like awesome. You know, know, there's a bird outside that's too loud. I'll go take care of it. You know, and he runs out there and (laughs) and literally. I think there was a neighbor that was out mowing the grass on Sunday, and it was like one of those. Hey, Mark, that lawnmower is really loud. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool, though. I mean, I've I've been to, and
0: I won't say the name, but I've been to a school or two before that. Uh, you know they they just didn 't really seem to realize they were running a business, and that the user experience was uh crucial to their survival so it's it's kind of cool to hear that someone just goes those extra lengths to make sure that you 're having the absolute best experience you possibly can
2: oh yeah i mean they they really they they catered to you every which way, and it was so funny because they 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 were so polite about it, but at the same time they were also very like, this room needs to be cleaned now. You know, oh yeah, yeah, let's we'll take care of it and we'll, we'll we'll pick up all the shavings. But um the class itself was it was it was all about hand planes and kind of going into it, it's one of those you know you you have those moments of like doubt where you're like, I know I know this subject, but mm-hmm. maybe I don't know this subject. <laughs> Not as much <laughs>
0: as you think you do.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. And you so you're really nervous you're going into it, and you're like, Oh, it's gonna turn out that I screw up everything. And that's the way I felt going into it. But mm-hmm. surprisingly I felt very comfortable in there, and it turns out that the things I was doubting myself on, classic example. Okay, I, I I'm always have this problem when I flatten a board of my hand planes that um, I always end up kind of like with, with a smiley face. It has a very convex you know, shape sure. down the center of it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, the way I do it to make sure that it stays flat is I'll suddenly hit the two high ends on either side, and then that makes it flat. And I'm always like, I must be cheating. I have to be doing it wrong. The masters would never do it this way. So on Sunday we're actually flattening a board. I run into this problem, so finally I put my tail between my legs and I walk up to Chris and I'm like, Chris, I got the smiley face. Blah blah blah. He goes, Oh, let's well, just do this, and he does it. He knocks it down on either side and he hands it back to me. Like, <laughs> no, that's not right. It can't goes, be right because that's what I do. <laughs> right, that's exactly what I said. He goes, Well, it, it is right. He started laughing and I was waiting for him to hold up the board and he go, He's a moron. Look what I fixed for him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, that's so, good.
0: Good reassurance, though.
2: Right, oh it is. You know, and and it was it was it was definitely a class like that you you get to know everybody around you. So even if they're total strangers, you know, you have a good time. Everybody's, you know, the camaraderie's just flying. So it was definitely really really good. The the one thing that came out of it is I don't know if anybody's seen the post over at Woodworking Magazine about um some ham-handed guy uh banananing his uh soul on his hand plane. I did read did you, that. Yes. Yeah, if if you guys haven't figured that out yet, by now, you know, the person. (laughs) 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 So, uh, Chris had asked if it was okay that he, uh, uh, you know, I sent him the pictures and, uh, he asked if it was okay and he was going to use, uh, keep it anonymous. And I'm like, why shame's a beautiful teacher. And so therefore I don't have a problem with it, but he was nice enough to keep it that way. Cool. And, uh, so that was, that was probably the biggest learning experience I had was whatever you do, Don't touch those tools. (laughs) (laughs) Spend
0: good money on them. Don't screw them up.
2: (laughs) That's right. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, that was one thing was uh, um, Thomas did a a great lecture and we always joke around. We get this question all the time about, you know, why would you spend the money for like a high end tool like uh, a Lee Nielsen or a Veritas or something like that? And if anything, that, that lesson I got out of there is this is why they come out as close to dead flat as you're ever going to need it. Yeah. And the neat thing is Thomas always points out that he's so concerned about, you know, making sure that his stuff uh, does come out this way. And I know Robin Lee is the same way at Lee Valley, that it's like one of those, if it shows up at your house and that smoothing plane is not dead flat right out of the box, mm-hmm. put it right back in the box, send it back because that's their reputation and yeah. they're not about to let something like that, you know, uh, uh, totally ruin it. So it wow. was, but of course, when he looked at me and gave me that look like, what the hell did you just do? I, I pretty much became about three inches tall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what? Live and learn. Live and learn.
2: That's right. So, That's but yeah, cool. it was it was definitely a great class. And I, I highly recommend it. if anybody's ever interested, you know what? Definitely pick up a class like that. And like I said, if you know if there's some basics that you think you know, but you're not sure, if you get a chance, go back and learn them and find out maybe you do know them. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely recommend that. Oh, cool. That sounds like it was a good one. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I I absolutely had a great time, and I can't wait to come back to the Mark Adams School for for something else. We're looking at maybe some furniture projects or something. Me and a couple of, a couple of friends. So it'll be like you that def- will be interesting.
0: You definitely should. There's something to be said about um, being in a you know confined amount of time with an instructor and building just a piece that normally might take you a month. You know, of normal shop time, uh, but to be able to focus on it for a number of days and then go home with this finished project is a really. Uh, it, it's just a really satisfying feeling, and you learn a lot in the process. So th- I definitely recommend doing
2: that. Yeah, you know the hardest part with that is like, which project do you pick? Do you pick something that's really big and like you know like intimidating, or do you pick something that's like you know you, you actually know in your mind that. Given, you know, if you put your mind to it, you could actually finish it. That's, that's the yeah. question I have, you know, because me, I'm, I'm one of those guys, I go overboard. I mean, that's why buffets tremble when I come near them. It's just like, well, <laughs> I'm getting my money out of this. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: so. you know what? I, that's one case where I would say go outside your comfort zone. You know, when I did the uh, Daryl Pierce uh, class, I'd never done really anything green and green, other than you know delving just a little bit into it with the gadget station. But I really mm-hmm. wanted to challenge myself by doing something that's completely off the wall from anything I've ever done. And I mean, the the teachers usually, the instructor is you know there to guide you, no matter what level of experience you have, and you should be able to arrive at the finish line and still have a reasonably good product to show for it. So, um, do something that is the furthest away from stuff that you've done before, because you'll walk away from it
2: learning the most. I like that. That's a great idea. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So in that case, I'm signing up for the Bombay uh, High Boy, made completely out of only hand tools.
0: There you go. You got <laughs> it, and that's that's the spirit. Okay, well uh, let's jump into the next segment around the web. Now a couple of these we added a long time ago so I'm not even really remembering um, if these are the right ones and if we've talked about these before, let me know. Uh, But we do have the Sawdust Chronicles um, challenge that they are running here and I've got the web page up. I haven't heard anything more about this but then again sometimes I miss things. So do you
2: know anything uh, as far as the latest on this? Uh, the 30-day challenge, it starts, I do believe, Friday, May 1st, and it's going to run the whole entire – well, the 30 days of May as well, what, what they're going with it. Um, I, last I knew, I, they had everybody had to have their applications in, and uh, once you get it going, they're going to announce what the project is. I don't think they've even announced – I know what the project is, but I, you're going to have to pay me a lot of money to get it out of me because these guys <laughs> can, sometimes scare me. So wait, <laughs> and, back
0: up a step, though. What is, what is it? Because I don't
2: think we've ever even introduced it. Okay, well, the 30-day challenge, what it is is uh, Rick and Eric came up with this idea that uh, – because they both feel that like as beginners, sometimes we, we, we want to – kind of like you were talking about, step out of your comfort zone and actually build something. Right. And so they thought, what would be a great opportunity other than to take and pick a project and have just one single project that everybody builds and then at the end of a, you know a given time period, in this case 30 days – you know, you'll, you'll send in that completed project or pictures. I'm assuming it'd be a hell of a lot of packages showing up at somebody's <laughs> house. Um And then you're going to compare it and then they're going to pick out from there uh, a winner. And then they've got a whole bunch of uh, prizes. I know like they said like Craig tools through something in there, general finish. Um, Woodcraft magazine, I do believe is in there. um All um, that type of stuff. I see you
0: Rockler listed there on their site.
2: Right, yeah they they got they've got some nice uh, prizes for just about everybody that's going to enter. Cool. So yeah, and the, the big thing is they they want to emphasize that it is for uh, beginners, people who you know you and I can enter it, but we'll just be like you know uh, honorable mention is what they're saying. Name, so,
0: I want to win the prize.
2: <laughs> I know I did too. I'm going to do a pseudonym. <laughs> it's going to be like you know Mark V. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, we'll just we'll just make up names and enter. That'll be fun. Right.
2: Yeah, so I guess it starts on Friday. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Now they're going to be on to (laughs) us.
0: No, it looks pretty cool. I I like the concept. Um, So after you fill out the application, do they call you in for an
2: interview afterwards? Uh, um, I'm assuming that, or maybe they email you. I'm not sure. I haven't gotten my application back yet. (laughs) There you go.
0: Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Check it out. We'll have the link in the show notes for that. So if you uh, consider yourself to be a beginner or you just want to participate, it sounds like you could jump in there and- uh, you know do this project and you know for, there's a lot of projects out there that regardless of what skill level they might be classified as it's something that I've never made before you know so right. that in and of itself means it's something that could be very fun to build so regardless of your skill level it sounds like it, it might be worth jumping in there and, and having some fun with it
2: Right. Absolutely. And there's there's a whole bunch of beginner projects that probably beginners are going to do better than I would. So, you know, it's (laughs) again, it's just it's an opportunity to build and who doesn't like an opportunity to build. So I I go for it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, We got another one in there. If you want to grab that, I'm not even sure if I put that in there or you did, but... Uh. Let's I don't talk remember about it. that one. So,
2: oh. well, I'm not even sure what it is. It's tooltalker.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going I, to it right now. Yeah,
0: I think it, I think I must have put this one in there. Um, tool Plus is, and these. Okay, I make sure I get all these URLs right. Uh, it's a tool uh, website where you could buy tools, and it's, okay. <laughs> it's imagine
2: uh, that <laughs> woo,
0: uh, tools-plus.com. And that's where you buy the stuff. But uh, a lot of these tool companies also have blogs where they talk about the tools and uh, give you more information on the tools and sort of expand on the concept there, which is really okay. cool. So Tool Plus's uh, uh, blog is Tool Talker, and it's a uh, Tool-Talker.com, and it's a very simple, straightforward website with a lot of. Uh, product reviews and they've even talked about the wood whisperer on there and this i just be.
2: passed by that one yeah, yeah
0: they did that? um and they they go over some of the latest and greatest stuff and you know who can who can't get enough of uh you know tool talk so it's uh, the blog for tool enthusiasts at tool tool-talker.com so if you get a chance uh check that
2: one out Sweet. yeah, they've got some pretty good topics here, like save with reconditioned tools. now, there's an idea that probably puts a chill on occasional spines, but <laughs> yeah. that's something depending interesting. <laughs> on the company,
0: yeah, um, but no, it looks like a good site, so I will definitely be back there again, and um, yeah, good stuff, check it out,
2: sweet yo know, there was one that i was I was looking for, and I can't remember, I think I saw this on uh. Uh, Dudecraft, which is <laughs> becoming one of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> just learned the other day how to take flowers and smash them and make a print with them. It was really cool. Nice. But they had one. I think it's Makita Drills. They went ahead and made this gigantic, like one whole giant wall using just their drills. And they did like a relief, not even a relief carving. They just drilled holes and made it look like an advertising. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was, that was like one of those really odd things that you're like, huh? you don't see that often. I nice. Like that. I'll have to find that. We'll make sure to put that in the links in case anybody's interested or just rolling your eyes and like want to figure out what the hell he was talking about. faux so. <laughs> <For> show. <sure. laughs> All right. So uh, we got some news, right?
0: There's some uh, some yep, things going on in the woodworking community very soon. And the first one is, uh, most of you should know this, if you've been around for more than a year, um, Safety Week is coming up next week. It's uh, Woohoo, Safety Week! Everybody loves Safety Week, right? Who doesn't want to talk about being safe?
2: That's right, or know. rubbing it in and saying, look at how bad I hurt myself on this one. Don't ever do like I do.
0: <laughs> you know, Safety Week is great because it, it, it always – I get the stories from people and pictures as well, which is fantastic if you get them right before
2: dinner. Um, but I need that then. That's That's my new diet plan. But yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, but they basically people send these horror stories of things, and I, I mean, not to make light of it, it's really bad stuff. That's either injuries or you know shop disasters, and they offer it up as an example to sort of allow people to learn from them. And that, although you know, I kind of look at it and go, safety. You know, how many how many things can we possibly cover? How often you know do we have to do this every year? You know, so I want to make it fresh each and every time we do it. So, um, you know, the, these pictures usually just inspire ideas because when someone has a problem, you go, you know what? Maybe that's a topic we need to talk about because look at what it did for so and so. So, so I got some fresh ideas and and some videos I'll be doing, and um, I know pop woodworking and fine woodworking are going to be producing some content for the week and uh, the whole blogging community uh, hopefully will jump in and at least do a couple posts here and there. And anybody who does, I'm going to aggregate all the information at the Wood Whisperer and you'll be able to get all the links for that every day throughout the week. And the coolest part, I think, because free stuff is cool, uh, Eagle America is going to be giving us um, items to give away each and every day of Safety Week. So if you are on the website and, and hanging out and uh, basically submit your name on the, um, the Wood Whisperer giveaway form, the standard form that's always on the site, you'll be in the running for, for that contest. So um looks like a good thing, and I just remembered something. Uh-oh. Hold on a second.
2: Okay, we'll wait. i, I
0: <laughs> got to reach. I okay. didn't remind anybody that the Wood Whisperer giveaway for this month is the Fine Woodworking Archive on DVD, Ooh! So, speaking of giveaways, and uh, not to, uh, to change subjects here, but this is available. You and you have like how many more days in this month?
2: Uh, today's the uh, yeah, like two or three.
0: Okay, so get this in before the end of the month at the Wood Whisperer giveaway. Put your name in, and you'll have a chance to win the uh, Fine Woodworking archive, which is pretty freaking cool, dude
2: is not it like every single episode or episode? yes, every
0: episode of the magazine, correct, okay, sweet, uh, but yeah, get yeah. get that in, and next week, uh, yeah, if you enter next week, you'll be eligible for the eagle America giveaways,
2: sweet, you know that, the one thing i I really like about safety week is it's it's so easy to get complacent. And just you know, totally relaxed about all the safety issues we ever talk about mm-hmm. I mean how many times have you heard somebody talk about kickback Oh I'm so tired of hearing about kickback And it's yeah. like yeah well just wait Have you seen that one commercial? There's a commercial out there that is just so great Because the guy like actually It's not so much kickback as it is kick forward yeah. And this board goes flying out and nails the guy right in the rear end <laughs> Yes I did see that <laughs> I laugh even though I'm not supposed to but I can't stop her.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it is funny but it it does remind you and the, and the thing is no matter how many times it, it, even it's one of those things the more you hear it you can sometimes become complacent to it because you tune it out. Right. Until something happens and you go, "Uh-oh, you know, I need to pay more attention to that." So it's uh yep. it's just something that we really can never
2: let off of too much. You got to just keep reminding yourself to to stay safe right yep absolutely and you know what folks it's just like an npr pledge drive it's only one week out of the year so <laughs> it's not that painful but i just want to mention also i've got some great stuff that came in from uh the folks over at milescraft so i also will be doing a whole bunch of swag uh every day uh oh, really? during safety week too cool. so that doubles your chances if you're already entered for the swag, um you're gonna have an opportunity to win if you aren't entered uh you can't win so enter Aha, you do it. there you go yeah hey
0: i'll uh send links to your your site too if uh if you're doing the giveaways then that'll be awesome
2: yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I've, I've got like a whole bunch of boxes. It was so funny because last week boxes just kept showing up and I'm like, what the hell is this? What do I order now? Oh God, <laughs> nice. what am I going to get in trouble for? I so. love that. I love when boxes <laughs> just show up. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely. But yeah, all next week I, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm not even going to recycle. I was thinking about recycling episodes, but I'm like, why do that? Let's make something fresh and new.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm going to make stuff new and I'm still going to recycle because that's
2: oh. how I roll. You are so environmentally friendly. I
0: absolutely am. Okay, the other thing <laughs> that we have here in the news, and this, I don't know if this is so much news as a point of interest having to do you know, with Safety Week, is somebody sent me a link to a tool crib uh, article on their blog that talks about battery chargers and uh, fires that have started as a result of malfunctioning battery chargers. And the, the basic reminder is I mean, they have eight tips here for battery charging safety. And this actually is generated from WoodNet, I believe. Uh, the WoodNet forum. So uh, top eight uh, tips. Uh, Maybe I'll just run through these real quick. Number one, don't leave the batteries charging overnight ever. Whoops, I screwed that up about a thousand times. (coughs) Yeah, I got one on right now. I'm going to be back in a second. (laughs) Um, So I guess the idea is these things stay on all the time and you just could, you know, it's a risk according to WoodNetters. Uh, Number two, put battery chargers on a switch power strip that also runs your radio or TV or something that you wouldn't normally leave on. You could just... Shut everything off at once. Number three, put battery chargers on interval timers. Uh, Many only take an hour or two to charge fully anyway. Put a smoke detector in your shop uh, near your power tools. Well, doy. Um, (laughs) Should have one there anyway. Uh, Check to see if your batteries or a tool have been recalled. That's actually a really good point because how many times do you hear like through the grapevine that something might be a tool that you don't even have. You hear about a recall, but you're like, wow, I don't even realize how many times these things are out there that you're not paying attention and you would never know.
2: Oh yeah, I, I can think of like a good half dozen right now that it's like, it's recalled for an upgrade? No? Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, okay, the beware of, uh, uh, it says, beware when formerly silent chargers start singing and whining.
2: It sounds like my kids. <laughs> yeah, seriously.
0: Beware of those kids if they start singing and whining. That's a good tip. Uh number 7, don't trust the manual if it says it's okay to leave the batteries charging, and number 8, have separate insurance policy for your power tool replacement costs. So, I'll uh, I I'll put the link to the full article. You guys can go check that out, but that's, you know, a good tip and even if, you know, it's it's really just comes from a malfunction that doesn't happen very often, why would you want to take the chance, you know?
2: Right. Yeah, and, and more importantly, in the article itself, I'm looking at it right now, they have a really cool YouTube uh, PC pit stop laptop battery fire. So if mm-hmm. you like things that are burning, um, check that out. Yeah.
0: Well, there you go. Um, cool. I don't know if you printed yours out in time when I, I put the Woodworking in America thing in there.
2: Yeah, I've got it right here. Okay. Yeah, the for registration it. for Woodworking in America actually starts tomorrow. So as we're recording this, uh, this will be what released uh, – this is the 29th. Mm-hmm. So – on April 30th yep. is when it's going to uh it's going to start and there's actually there's two seminars this year there's one that's going to be August 14th through the 16th and it's in St. Charles, Illinois and it's all about furniture construction and design so uh, the, the Woodworking America, the first one last year in Kentucky was all hand tools. It was all kind of wrapped up in there. I, I don't think there was really much about design. Yeah. But that, that first one is specifically about furniture construction and design. And you know, this is something Chris was talking about this weekend. Uh, they're going to have a huge course that is 100 percent all about teaching you how to use Google SketchUp and get everything out of it. I mean, it's no a, kidding. So That's like. Yeah, there's a huge seminar that's all about that I guess there's like practically like almost half a whole half a day or even a whole day that's just dedicated to Google SketchUp and getting the best from it. Awesome. Yeah, and there's like uh there's a whole bunch of uh, uh big names that're going to be there. Um I don't have them in front of me who they are, but a lot of a lot of big names in design and everything uh will be there to uh to, to basically walk you through a whole bunch of this. So it sounds really really neat. Uh Cool. The second one which again will be very similar to what happened in Kentucky uh, back in November, and it's going to be all hand tools and techniques. This one's going to be October 2nd through the 4th at uh, Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. Of course, uh, you can go to woodworkinginamerica.com where you will find all the links uh, to register mm-hmm. because I'm really curious to see how fast this one sell, sells out. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because last year, I mean, it was a matter of like literally hours. It yeah. seemed like it was completely sold out. <laughs> yeah, the be- the best
0: classes were taken up right away. So if you're if you're one of the people who were burned last time, don't wait. Get get in there right away and sign up for your uh, preferred classes so you don't. Have anything to complain about later.
2: <laughs> right, definitely. Yeah. And, and figure out which session you want to go to if it's the furniture and, and uh, construction and design uh, session, or if you want to go to the hand tool ones. Personally, myself, I'd like to go to both, but uh, yeah. we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They're both
0: very appealing, that's for sure. Um, yes. Hey, I wanted to mention, too, and uh, this is kind of neat. I'm sure many of you got your fine woodworking magazine uh, this past month, past few weeks, I suppose. And it's really not anything major, but I, I thought it was really cool. We talk about outdoor finishes all the time, and uh, the different durabilities, and water-based versus oil-based, and uh, you know, just oil penetrating oils versus uh, you know full-scale marine varnishes, and what works best. And they actually have a great article in their uh, torture test for outdoor finishes, and they basically took a bunch of different woods, sent them all over, you know, samples, um, equivalent samples, all over the country. Had them exposed to a year's worth of weather and had them sent back for analysis. And basically, it's really just visually you can see what's going on with these things. Um, but I'll show the uh, everybody on the webcam. Not that they could really see the detail, but they go through and test a bunch of different finishes and tell you pretty much just you know with real evidence which one held up the best
2: outside. Sweet. Yeah, it's great. Nice. That's perfect timing since we're heading into those months when everybody's outside building projects. Yes, they
0: are. And uh, they tested Watco Exterior, uh, Czar Outdoor Polyurethane, uh, Water-Based Polyurethane, I'm sorry, Uh, Manowar, Spar Varnish, Epiphanes, and which one do you think won? Which one do you think was Mm. the best? The one that has Spar in it. That would be not correct. Um, Really? Yeah, that actually didn't hold up very well at all. See, a lot of times like the 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 man of war um, spar varnish is I kind of put that up there with the uh, helmsman the Minwax brand of spar varnish those are just not very good um, when you compare them to like the true marine varnishes which you can't get that easily you have to order them online um, you know so something like Epiphanes is is significantly uh, better product and this test actually showed exactly that the Ep- Epiphanes came out on top big time um, so. Really cool article. that At least you know to to answer that question of you know which one of these things is going to hold up. It's actually one of the more clear cut uh, articles I've seen in a long time on as far as which one is the one to use.
2: Yeah, because I mean, if, if you go off of just you know the labels themselves, like who's really going to do that? Oh, well, I do, but um, you know, that's not really going to help you out because, of course, every manufacturer wants to tell you, you know, that theirs is the absolute best one. And I'm always blown away when something that you know kind of. The, maybe the one that you least suspect, you know, to be the to be, to be the best one, actually yeah. ends up being the best one.
0: Right. Yep. What was that? The a long time ago they had a, a varnishing sort of head to head thing like that, and they determined that um, what was it? The Minwax wiping polyurethane was the best finish, even compared to like tried and true and general finishes and all this other stuff. Um, but, you know, those tests are kind of, you just never really know. This was just basic, look, we're going to follow the manufacturer's instructions, we're going to slap the stuff on there, we're going to let it sit for a year, and then we're going to look at it. <laughs> you know, right. and you could, <laughs> you could tell visually what's going on and which ones have held up. So it's a pretty pretty good test.
2: Nice. Yeah, I like, I like it when they do good tests.
0: Good tests are good. Okay, uh, let's see. So we have some sweet deals. Actually, we have a sweet deal. Um Ooh. Yeah, this one, another one from Peachtree. I got this, I think, this morning actually. Fifty-nine. Still don't know inch. how they do it, man. They 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 put those things out there, and nobody can beat them. I can't beat them. Yeah, they're like the crazy Eddie of woodworking. It's amazing. A <laughs> uh, fifty-nine-inch parallel pro clamp. These are the ones that are like uh, the Bessie imitation ones, but from what I hear, they're actually really decent. Uh, the regular catalog price for four of these fifty-nine-inch clamps is one forty-nine, and they have a special offer for one hundred four ninety-nine. So it's uh what 45 bucks. That's pretty that's pretty darn good. So I'll put the link in the show notes for that if you guys want to take advantage of that sale.
2: Sweet. Yeah. I, I went out looking and I guess maybe I was just a little too late on the sales or something, but I I really didn't find anything. So sorry folks, I can't contribute to the uh to the the sales.
0: <laughs> no, no no problem.
2: Um you know what, we do have an email. Do you if you
0: want to read that, that's actually I threw this in there just because I thought it would be good for us to discuss this. We've got to always have a lot of new people uh, coming in and and people who are new to the craft. So hearing our replies to this might be a little bit reassuring.
2: Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. uh, This is a really great one. Uh, This comes in from Zach, and Zach was asking, I just recently began listening to your show. So if a similar question has already been asked, I apologize. Anyway, I'm a very I'm very new to woodworking and I've become a bit discouraged as of late when I'm working on a project and things don't really come out as I had planned or I just flat out destroy something. So did either of you guys experience anything like that or do I just really need to slow down and think things uh, through more? And uh you you want to go first on this because uh sure. this is like one of those <laughs> I think everybody knows this answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: I think we all go through this. It's a matter of, you know, just kind of Getting your bearings in the shop, getting familiar with the materials. Even when you think you've got something down, you could try a different wood and all of a sudden the game changes. Uh if you've been working with pine for a year and then you switch over and you know someone hands you some babinga, you're in for a little bit of a shock. Um oh, yeah. you know, there's just so many variables to what we do. Um, that I don't think you should put the expectation on yourself that you should just get it all down that that quickly. Um, So yeah, I would would focus, and and I don't think it's bad to focus on one material first because that'll kind of let you remove that as a variable. You know what to expect from the wood. Now let me focus on the different techniques and my personal technique. Um, you know, I also recommended to him that he start doing uh test runs, so instead of you know let 's say you 're making a door well, cut some extra stock and when you 're cutting your rails and styles uh, if you 're doing some joinery, use the test pieces to confirm that your setup is correct and make sure that the joinery fits right then once you know everything 's perfect and you 've determined that it 's the right way to do it, then you use your good stuff um you know and I still do that now it 's not like um I think anybody who really thinks the process through realizes it just makes sense to do test runs, whether it's finishing, whether it's uh, a cutting joinery, you want to make sure that you've got everything dialed in before you use your good stock and and that's really, um, it's not that we're not going to make mistakes, it's just that if we're going to make mistakes, we're going to make it on, on scrap and not on the actual stuff. So right. you just don't really pull the trigger until you're absolutely sure you've got everything dialed in. Um, but you know what? Disasters still happen. I mean, back to the gadget station was my most recent one uh, where I screwed up and just ran the the grain the wrong way against the bit, it snapped and boom! I pretty much destroyed the top rail of a door, and fortunately was able to repair it, but it was pretty jacked up. <laughs> so, uh, it, you know, it's 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 just something that will, you know, you always have to to keep your wits about you to stop abs- absolute disasters from occurring. But the bottom line is, you know, poop happens.
2: Exactly. I mean, if if any woodworker, no matter what level, especially especially if an advanced guy is telling you he doesn't make mistakes, he's straight out lying. You know, (laughs) I mean, to me, that's one of those things, just like we were talking about, like with the whole thing with what class should I take next when I take a class? And, you know, kind of pushing myself out of that 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 comfort zone. You know, there's so many times that I get discouraged and probably a lot of times when I get discouraged, the best thing I should either do is just simply walk away or maybe just turn to a different aspect of what I'm working on because I know as, as a beginning woodworker, man, I wanted to do absolute. I still want to do absolutely everything, you know. Right now, but it's like one of those you, you got. Yeah, you have that process. We have to kind of think things out, and mm-hmm. like you said, you know, set up your tools, do some test runs, figure out what it is. Because you know, we we talked about this before. Is it's it's like. Just like with anything, woodworking is a lot like a musical instrument. It's a lot like a sport. You need to practice. And when you're building something, if you find that you are making mistakes, then, yeah, maybe you do need to slow down a little bit. But sure. at the same time, don't let that discourage you. I mean that's – I think that's half the fun of woodworking is pushing myself beyond that point where I, I thought I could. I mean, it's kind of, it sounds kind of funny saying something like that. You know, you you'd expect an athlete like, I ran another 36 miles today. And I pushed myself. <laughs> As a woodworker, it's really true. If there's something you want to learn, you know what? Just get in there and actually make that attempt to, and don't be afraid of the discouragement because I got news for you. I still get discouraged on every project I work on. There's at least one or two aspects that just absolutely, I want to chuck something across the room and just yeah. walk away.
0: Yeah, and I've I've always talked about the hump of a project. You know, you, you start out real strong, you feel good about it, and you're cruising through, and then you get into the sort of the drudgery of it, you know, the the things that seem like they're, they're just never going to end, you know, where you make a mistake and you get a setback and then you have to go again. Um, and then you get over that hump and then all of a sudden you see the finish line and it's smooth sailing to the end. And that's just kind of the cycle that, that I, at least I experience on every project. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and even now, actually, you've got a great example. It's sitting on the bench right now uh a couple days ago um, my mom asked if I could refinish her um, alder table that I made their kitchen table and it's i put a um a pre cat uh the va- uh, what the heck is wrong with me a pre cat lacquer um sherwin williams in fact and i've used that on a number of projects it's it's great for casework and things like that really really good uh lacquer Well, I tried to put it on a tabletop and I just wanted to see. It was something I had control of. I knew if it didn't hold up well, I would just refinish it a couple years later. Well, it's been a couple years and um, it just didn't hold up that well. So it was time to refinish it. So I decided to to put some polyurethane on it and I sanded it all down. Excuse me, I'm drinking too much water and it's causing me to have a little bit of gas. Um, (laughs) So yeah, so I basically, uh, I'm getting this very loud noise once in a while. Uh so oh, sorry, I, that's
2: me breathing. <laughs> no,
0: what, what's going on over there, Matt? <laughs> but anyway, I remove all the old finish. I decide to, uh, and there's no stain on this thing, I decide to hit it with some polyurethane and I don't have any of my general finishes armor seal around. I just have um, uh, some Minwax uh, poly. So I coat it, got you know maybe three or four coats on there and it's, it's looking decent, but like Minwax tends to, it's a little bit more artificial, saran wrap, plastic looking than I really want it to be. But you know, I don't know what else to do at this point once it's already on there. So my mom sees it; she's like, "Eh, you know, okay." She's—you can just tell she's not completely happy with it. I'm not completely happy with it, but I'm a little pressed for time, so I didn't uh, push the issue. And I thought about it for a day and realized, you know what? I've got to fix this. It's it's not neither one of us are really happy with it. So I brought it back into the shop and what did I do today? I had to strip it all down and remove all of that polyurethane that I just applied over the past uh, 3 or 4 days. So good example right there. Even now, you know, you, you sort of have to roll with the punches and you're going to make mistakes, you're going to, you know, make bad decisions and have to redo things and it's just it's just the, the nature of the beast.
2: Right, absolutely. I mean, I I can't even count on, well, if I took everybody's fingers and toes in the chat room, along with mine, uh, I still wouldn't be able to count that. That you know, that's still too low for how many times I've made a mistake when working on a project. How many times have you miscut something? You know, that one just drives me insane. How many times you've blown through a plywood when you're like, you know, sanding? Yeah. Um. You know that that type. It's just it's it's insane the stuff that you'll run across, and yeah, you just. You're gonna it doesn't matter how how long you've been doing stuff. You're gonna I think the the worst thing that I can think of that I ever did, and I grimace every time I see it when I go to my parents' house. I built my mom this sewing table mm-hmm. and it will never appear in any blog, any pictures or something like that. I deny all plausibility <laughs> that I had anything to do with it. <laughs> and and it should be a nice flat surface, but mm-hmm. it was uh, um I glued up the, uh, the joints, and this is before I knew anything about hand planes or I guess technically anything about woodworking, and the uh, joints weren't quite right, so I wanted to level out. So, man, I hit that with a sander. So now she has the most rippled surface ever <laughs> on that thing. I mean, you can run across it, and there's like those, those uh, ripple uh, things on the side of the expressway are smoother than the, what this thing is. <laughs> oh, man, that
0: is great. I've got a few of those myself, and we, we just don't talk about them. They stay in the family, but we just don't talk about them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got one more email here from, uh, from Jimmy from Sweden, and this is more of a request from, uh, from the listeners. And if you have an answer for Jimmy, feel free to comment on either uh, my website or Matt's website in the, the comment section. And Jimmy asks uh, for a favor. He says, please ask your European fans if there's any good online stores for woodworkers in Europe. He said he's trying to get a hold of a combination blade from Freud for a 30 millimeter arbor with no luck. So I absolutely had no idea what to tell Jimmy and figured I would just ask uh, the audience and see if anyone has a good
2: recommendation for him. Sweet. Yeah. You know, that's kind of funny because this weekend, uh, Thomas Nielsen, was ta- Lee Nielsen was talking about the fact that somebody brought up like how his market shares are in uh, in Europe. And he was saying that here in the United States, we have a lot of catalogs. We have a lot of retail stores like that online and everything. But that's one of the problems they have cracking into the European markets because they don't have a lot of like catalogs. Okay. So, you know, maybe hmm. maybe that's what he's running into. But, yeah, definitely get us something so we know. Yeah, definitely. Help Jimmy from Sweden.
0: Okay. Uh, we've got a couple of voicemails. We'll jump into those. And the okay. first one is uh, from a, a frequent voicemailer. This is Roberto, and he's got a question about refinishing a walnut gun stock. Oh,
1: cool. Hey, guys. What's up? This is Roberto from New Mexico. I just inherited... A 22 caliber rifle from my dad with a walnut stock, and what I want to do—it's really old. It's even got a little crack in it. What I want to do is refinish it, and I was wondering how would you guys go about it? Um, just a clear coat. I was wondering would you guys just take sandpaper and just strip it like that, or would you guys use some kind of chemical? What is the best way uh, that you guys think would be? Uh, good method I guess let me know
0: right. okay so you're just looking for a straightforward method of refinishing the gun stock now first of all I would do a little research because it, refinishing things sometimes when you get into these areas where it's a very specific uh, product and in this case it's going on a gun you want to talk to the people who use these guns and find out what they do because what i would do for a table may not necessarily be the best thing to do for uh, a gun and i did a little digging just to see if there was anything unusual and from what i saw it does seem like most people just you know do a standard refinishing process they strip the old finish off and then they apply a new finish um you know, I was actually working with a stripper today, and it was not, not. don't go there, Matt. I know where your mind's going <laughs> oh, now. Oh,
2: man, I was trying to come up with the best name ever. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was setting
0: you up, and I knew when
2: you were going to take that. It was right there, man. If there, if there wasn't this latency with
0: Skype, it would have rolled out so fast. <laughs> uh, and I knew, I was working with a chemical stripper today. And this particular one was one of those sort of greener products that take a lot longer to work. But man, this stuff worked great, and it uh, had—it wasn't really that. It just didn't smell bad. Uh, The VOCs on it were really low. I, you know, still wore my respirator, but much more pleasant stuff to work with than than the like the methylene chloride crap that's you know in the really caustic stuff. Um, But you can use a product like that on it, which is fairly gentle, and just get all the old finish off. And I wouldn't necessarily sand it because if it's you know, a thick finish, a lot of times you're not going to sand consistently and you're going to wind up creating uh, some divots for yourself here and there. Um, so, once you get the finish off, um, some people recommend steaming any dents or anything like that out, give it a nice light sanding, and then put on your finish of choice. And this is one area where I was reading that there are specific needs because a lot of people say if there's too much finish on it, if it's too shiny and you're out in the field and you sort of get the sun's reflection off of it, that can be a bad thing. Um, you know, it could make it obvious if you're a hunter uh, but if you're just using this at the range or, you know, sort of recreationally, it might not really matter but, um, you know, otherwise you might just do a linseed oil or, you know, like any other piece of furniture, you you know, you want to decide do you want it to be natural looking or do you want it to look somewhat artificial with a, a very thick clear coat that's going to protect you from moisture. So, right. same balance that we work with with anything else. That would that would be my advice. Uh, But definitely look – there's plenty of information out there in forums. Definitely look and see what the the guys who really know what they're doing with the gun (laughs) would do on their work pieces and then use your knowledge of woodworking to improve a process that you see in a forum.
2: Yeah, I I agree 100 percent because – the idea of yeah, checking specifically for it. There are some specific products for certain things. You don't want to use a wax on that. When I mentioned the recoil on that, that would just fly right out of your hand. <laughs> that would not be a good thing. Um, you know, someone in the chat rooms asking for the name of the
0: stripper. Her name was uh, Bambi, and uh, actually, it was Jasco. I think was the brand J A S C O. I believe that sounds I-
2: like potentially a stripper name. Also, <laughs>
0: it could be. It's that would be a male stripper. Um, yeah, I believe it was Jasco, and actually comes in a green. Uh, plastic container. So, um, Okay, well we've got an, another okay. voicemail here okay. from No Name because he did not give us his name <laughs> okay. and I call him No Name and he, he's looking for some uh, suggestions for outdoor woods. So let's uh, hear his voicemail.
3: Okay. Hey guys, like the show, uh, just calling because I had a question about uh, woods that are appropriate for outdoor furniture. Uh, I like to work with local woods I live in Beltsville, Maryland, just outside D.C., and I uh, want to make a picnic table, but I don't want to use teak. I don't want to use uh, you know, pressure-treated. I was thinking something like cypress or possibly black locust. I want to see if you guys have any other ideas. Keep up the good work. Bye.
0: Okay. He's making a picnic table. doesn't want to use teak. He doesn't want to mm-hmm. use pressure-treated um, so I just kind of threw a few on the list here and if anybody in the chat room wants to add to our list, feel free. Uh, but a few that I found here, uh, were Alaskan yellow cedar and I've got some of that, that actually someone, uh, uh a friend of the show sent to us that I'm hopefully going to be able to build something with cause it looks really cool. Um, <laughs> Southern yellow pine would be another one.
2: Um, right.
0: if you want to jump in there, Matt,
2: uh, that white Oak is, is a really big one. Um, uh, just a uh, cedar, uh, white sure. or red, I could imagine would be pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, cypress, which is uh, that's that was actually the first one that popped into my head was Cypress. And okay. I've never worked with it, but it, it looks pretty darn neat. Sure. Uh, yeah, he mentioned teak, which was something he said he was trying to stay away from. Kind of
0: pricey. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, the yeah. rest
2: of this list here gets a little bit pricey. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, whoa, wait a second. then you go to Ipe or Ipe? Uh, I say um, Ipe, you say Ipe. That's right. Either way, it's going to be one hell of a heavy uh, uh, table. <laughs> yes, it would <laughs> it's not blowing be. over in the wind. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Jatoba is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, Purple Heart, and then of course, genuine mahogany
0: Woo-hoo. is another one. Yeah, I've actually never used Purple Heart for an outdoor project, but I guess any I don't know any um, exotic that has at least some oil content to it probably is going to be fairly you know weather resistant to some extent. Um, right. So, uh, if anybody else has some suggestions, again, keep adding to the list. But I think what he's looking for is something he could find locally. So, we can get pretty crazy with that list. Um, oh, but yeah. I think the first few that we mentioned are probably the ones he's going to have to limit his search to if he's looking for a reasonably priced, locally available material.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, if he can get his hand on Black Locust, I can't remember if that was one he said uh, build, no build, or what was going on. But that, that sounds like I've heard that one's uh, really pretty and that could actually definitely work out. Cool. But uh, yeah, I, awesome. oh, that's Cypress. Why do I keep thinking Cypress? Oh, wait, that's the name of a stripper I knew. Never mind.
0: <laughs> that was your chemical stripper. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's roll into a uh, editor's tip, and we can hear the soothing sounds of of uh, Christopher Schwartz. Oh, it's
2: like going back to the weekend.
0: This is Christopher Schwartz, at popular woodworking magazine, and here are some of our best tips from our shop in Cincinnati, Ohio.
1: Cheap chisel protectors. If your chisels didn't come with plastic tip protectors, here's what I do. Get some old business cards that are rotting at the back of your desk. Take one card and lay the chisel tip on top of it.
0: Fold the business card over the tip and then wrap the rest around the sides of the chisel. Then wrap the whole thing with painter's tape. These protectors last for a long time and really stay put. That they do. Although I've never done that but I'm sure he's not lying. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All
0: right, pretty good tip though. If you don't have, uh, you know, you don't want to spend money on some sort of chisel protector, it's a great homemade way to do it. Um, You know, in fact, when I went to the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, William N. class a couple months Mm ago, I I was trying to wrap up my chisels and I didn't have a a, a roll or anything to put them in and took them there and, and didn't really have anything. So blue tape was just what I used to wrap the ends, but... Um, using the little you know cardboard from a business card would absolutely be better.
2: <laughs> I would think. Yeah, definitely. My, my, Sam's got a whole bunch of them from uh, early on. I to, we're not doing anything with those. Maybe I'll do that. Originally, we were just running around and throwing them in all the fish bowls. So we could get a free lunch someplace. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I actually have. Shot. I've got like
0: a thousand business cards from the old you know custom woodworking business that I don't really use anymore. I could totally use those for that. That would be fantastic. Or I could just sell them on the
2: website as chisel protectors for like. Oh, was just gonna say that'd be a great way to like you know raise a little money for the big. Move. There you go. Like a nick a nickel each. Man, they would sell like hotcakes. That would be awesome. Oh yeah. Definitely, yeah, you know, cause I think that's an even better idea than the. You, you see some of those replaceable ones, like the universal chisel guard tips. Right. And I hate those things because the funny thing is they've got this little like cutout. So like as I'm putting the chisel into it, I swear the chisel always slips out because it never exactly matches up the size that I need, and then I end up cutting myself or damaging the the chisel. So I think these would actually work out better.
0: Well, there you go. Nice. Well, I think that's about all we have. Everybody wants to stick around afterwards. I'm going to play a few uh, voicemails that were just sort of comments and tips from uh, listeners and not really questions, so we don't need to be live to do that. But um, I appreciate everybody coming out. It was a wonderful Wednesday evening, a great way to spend my time. I enjoy this. Definitely
2: Sweet. I did, too. I I enjoyed seeing all of your shining – avatars all of your beautiful shining avatars
0: and we have like eight to choose from so you'll see a lot of repeats uh why don't you give
2: them that contact info and we will roll our own bones out of here all right. Well, if you need to get a hold of us because, like I said, you you, you heard something today that you want to comment on or you didn't hear something, uh, go ahead and drop us a line at woodtalkonline at gmail.com. Or, of course, if you want to pick up the phone and leave a voicemail like the ones that you heard just now or the ones you're going to hear in just a second here, 623 242 2450 and we will play your voicemail. Please leave your name so we know who you are, so if it's something really ridiculous, we can make fun of you. So anyways. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. All right, thanks for coming out, guys. And Matt, it was great talking to you, and we will reconvene in about two weeks, I think. Sounds good. I'll see you then. All right, take care.
1: Hey, Mark and Matt. You guys are awesome. You guys make woodworking all the more fun. Listen, this is Eric, just outside Chicago, with a quick tip. Uh, Call it crazy, but I find sanding to be therapeutic. And uh, with my shop being just outside Chicago and not uh, heated, it gets pretty cold out there. So sanding inside to keep the dust down, I've hooked my Random Orbit sander up to a water-based vacuum. Man, you can sand all day inside. It doesn't make any dust at all. And you, and because it's water-based, there's no filter to get clogged. When the slurry gets a little thick, you stop, empty it, rinse it, fill it, and start right up again. And uh, it works real good. And the slurry makes, uh, take it outside, slurry, put it around about a bottom of the bushes. Honey, look, free mulch, more money for tools, you know what I mean? Hey, keep up the good work. You guys take it easy and keep up. Bye. Hey, Mark
3: and Matt, this is Brandon. And I've uh, been a long-time listener, been listening since the very first episode. And with that being said, I wanted to um, share something that I came across my thoughts as I was listening to an episode um Uh, not too long ago, maybe the last one or two, someone had a question about um, reducing or eliminating snipe on uh, their boards when running through uh, a planer, and I want to say one of the best things I've been able to do is I just grab a buddy and have him catch my boards on the other side, uh, the outfeed side, as I run boards end-to-end through the planer. Yeah, your first one and your last one will have snipe on it, but if you've, you know, got a series of boards, you can run them end-to-end and, and reduce all the snipe on the other boards in between. So that's something that that's worked well for me, and um, and it kind of speeds up the process as well. So um, uh, it gets a good time to have a buddy in the shop and talk shop and share ideas and stuff too. So anyway, that's just the idea that I had and I thought I'd like to share and keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye.